Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. This show is brought to you by Dutch Pro USA. Nutrients made for growers by growers. From the base nutrients to the explode booster. Dutch Pro USA is bringing you the essentials that all growers need without the extra bottles. Visit Dutch Pro USA or find their products on Amazon.com. Spider Farmer LED. One of the leaders in affordable, quality LED lighting for growers. From the SF Quantum Board Series to the SE Bar Style LEDs. Spider Farmer has you covered without breaking the bank. Find Spider Farmer LEDs on Amazon.com. And AC Infinity. Innovators in the air game. Providing state-of-the-art inline fans, tents, and more to the home grower. Visit acinfinity.com or Amazon to pick up some of their products. And you could save money with any of these brands by checking out the discount codes below in the description. What I'd like to talk about here for everybody on Twitch who's checking this out, um, break into the actual episode, the one that we're going to record, would really be talking a little bit about CalMag, man. Let's let's get a little deeper into it. Now, we joke a lot. We talk a lot of shit about, you know, military-grade CalMag, CalMag, safe peace, you know, marriage. There's a lot of different things. My wrist is going to be repaired from CalMag. Like, there's a lot of things it can do, but... The science behind it would make a lot more sense why it, why it's beneficial or if it's beneficial or how long you're going to need to use it in, in the different forms, too. People, I think, sleep on the fact that uh, CalMag is CalMag is CalMag is not the case. And you're looking at different forms of it, uh, calcium-based nutrients, like we'll touch on in a little bit, and, and when to use it, how to use it. It varies. So I'd like to maybe get, get into this, you know? Well, I think the first thing to uh, make sure we cover is that CalMag isn't an element in itself. Here, a lot of people think that CalMag is one single element, and they say I have a CalMag deficiency. It's, that's actually um, the third, two hundred and third CalMag on the or element on the the periodic scale. <laughs> you guys didn't know that. So CalMag is a, is a supplement, right? It consists. That's of, not one element. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, news to me. <laughs> Calcium, magnesium, oftentimes nitrogen in a lot of these CalMag supplements. And um, sometimes, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, iron, I believe, sometimes comes up in, in trace elements. But there's different CalMags, different, um, you know, brands have their own formulas. Um, so, yeah, there's no such thing as a CalMag deficiency. It's either calcium deficiency, magnesium deficiency. <laughs> I guess we say that right off the bat so people are aware. <laughs> That's fair. That's wow. fair. I, uh, I, I, I think this is a great conversation to have. Um, I've got actually a few questions in regards to CalMag in general. Um, but if, if, if you can just break it down, just calcium, magnesium, and maybe the importance to why is to, it why is it the solution to everything for the last 10 years? We could yeah. get there. We could get there. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? And why is it fix everything? You go. Okay. <laughs> So uh, it goes back to something called the law of minimum and the law of tolerance. <laughs> Go back to this every time, right? And so there, we have MPK, right? And so you you have this limit threshold, and then that's been the the pushing go to go to things. And you kind of have to think about this with other industries, and then the cannabis industry, like you're saying, coming out of the hole. Uh, people that are in the hole, they don't want to use their phone. Internet's new thing. Uh, a lot of these people are growing, so they're not reading. 
Um, and you, you know, there's, there's all this education that's been around for over a hundred years, but like what we we're talking about integrating it into a new industry. And that's kind of like, and then you have the grow Bible and all these other people, which are just recycled information, uh, which people cling to, but what I talk about all the time, they're actually major distractions in many ways. Like you read through the books and there's like a hundred different, uh, suggestions, um, with, you know, and I, when I go through and I look at the, about the reason why I put down the book is because I'm like, this doesn't really feel like any real life, real application. It's like, it feels like it didn't really ever grow, go beyond, you know, six lights, you know, or something like that. Like no real understanding of, of competence of major operations or distribution or getting heavy into thing. I think it was just experiencing some stuff, got in trouble, got into heat and rode the wave, you know, and, and I think through that created a lot of disinformation or information that people started to try out. But and you know, this, the sad thing is that when you start with a bad idea, you scale up the bad idea, right? And then everyone's using it and then you have to needle through it and all kinds of people have distrust in information or people out there because like that doesn't work or whatever. So going back to the law of minimum law of tolerance, in PK, that's where you're using the uh, the nutrient lines were uh, were limited uh, back in the day. So that's what they're dumping on. And then you have this CalMag. So this CalMag takes the threshold from here to there, right? And it's noticeable. It's like, oh my God, this is a noticeable difference. This is like, you know, CO2, this, that, is it really working? You know, is this pesticide working? I still have my bugs. Like, is this still working? The soap, hey, everyone's like still, it's like they... It's supposed to work, but it's not really noticeably working. Well, you added two trace minerals and it just increases the, or not trace minerals, but you increase uh, two more minerals and it just increases this threshold. And there's this noticeable difference in the stems, the leaves, uh, plants are growing. And then, I mean, at the end of the day, why, you know, when, you, when, when you're, <laughs> I always go back to fucking jokes or having sex jokes, you know, it's like when you're having a good time, you know, you just want to fuck it more, but what happens, right? It gets raw, you know, and you just, you <laughs> You got you got to stop it, and you got to know when the right time to stop that shit. And this is the same thing with the CalMag. It's like there's no competence in how these products are being integrated into growing these plants, and also no uh, very little competence um, into. And that, competence is not an insult. Competence is just like ignorance, not knowing. It's uh, just a, an unfamiliarity, or you you're so you you just think it's so great until you're ch chafed and can't walk for a day or two, right? And same thing with the CalMag. We just want to dump it on, and same thing with these fer uh, fertilizer lines. They're they're just they're, it's so easy to buy a bag of ammonium nitrate, mix it, cut it up, dilute it in different ways, and then resell it out to the industry. People have no idea how simple and cheap it is to do this, and so those people, you don't have to have a a, a license or or a degree of, of chemistry or biology to be an entrepreneur. Okay, I'm a four-time college dropout, guys. Just to be really clear with you on this shit. So it's like you don't, you don't. There's a there's a disassociation. So now there's also, I think, a uh, a huge issue of val a value system, right? So very few people have ever been taught about what is your core values, and then running decisions through your core values before integrating into your business. And then you have personal core values, and you have corporate core values, which creates a culture overall and so at the end of the day so many people are are afraid to make suggestions so they just keep going with it and there's a, a story i go by real quick about this 
about this oven with a grandma. And so I'll just real quick to say it is this, there's a seven year old, she has a birth, uh, she's having a birthday. She walks up to her mom and she says, mom, you know, why, why do we, why are we making eight inch cakes when the oven's 12 inches uh, large? And she says, you know, honey, I'm not sure. Why don't you go ask your grandma? And she goes, runs over, ask her grandma. And she says, grandma, you know, like, uh, we're making an eight inch cake, but the oven is 12 inches long, uh, wide. Like why, why aren't we making a larger a cake? And the grandma's like, you know, honey, I'm not really sure. You know, go ask your great, great grandmother. She goes, runs over there, asks great, great grandma. She's like, grandma, why are we making eight inch cake when there's, when there's the oven's 12 inches large? And she starts laughing and laughing and laughing. And she says, are they still doing that? Back in the day, the oven was nine inches long. I mean, nine inches wide. And that, that's, that's what we go through, right? We get used to this, this fundamental habit, right? And we just never get out of our habits and want to experience something with a new mindset and new philosophy. And that's where going back to the CalMag, what is CalMag? What are these minerals? Are they mobile or are they immobile? And if you t- take a moment to think about these basic concepts, and there's a semi-mobile, right? Even calcium, they call it a, 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 a immobile nutrient, but if it can appear as a deficiency later, it's actually a semi-mobile. But I, I, but I like to just really focus on what is the polar, polar opposites of these minerals. And if you understand how they can move and shift in the plant and how they're not supposed to move and shift, then you'll, you can start to realize, okay, why maybe I should back off on something that is predominantly for growing like or building cell structure doing certain things and then you start to be a little bit more critical around these uh, and which allows the law minimum to shift in the microbes as they're shifting to to feed on i in my viewpoint more of what is more available through through the growing system through the dying of the plant because What's interesting about the plant specifically is as a plant's growing its roots, it's actually taking up microbes and dependent upon what the plant needs at that time. And remember, we're going through hormonal shifts. They're women, right? And I'm not talking shit, but straight up, they're they're women, they're hormonal shifts. So when you think about this, and men too, men go through hormonal shifts. All people, all people (laughs) go through hormonal shifts. Okay. No. <laughs> you can see the flack already, can't you? Here it comes. Here yeah, it comes. Yeah. 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 All, all genders go through issues. And so when you really think about this, it's like it's like when the, uh, the, when the roots go out and they re- retrieve the microbes, uh, they actually go in there and they will actually eat the microbes. But some microbes, the, what they're going to also do is they're going to strip their layers. They're actually going to, in sense, uh, embed DNA with the microbes. And then those microbes were, are actually what goes and stimulate the root hairs, okay, to go out and, and retrieve. So every single time the plant is, is, is extending its root system and taking up microbes and, and interpreting what the plant needs at different times, going through different hormonal shifts through, through light or through, uh, you know, obviously photo plants or, or autos, um, the nutrient uh, balance is being constantly shifted. So I think taking into consideration mobile, immobile, what the plant is doing and how it's working with the mic- microbiology is important to optimize the overall growth as well as other stuff. Very interesting. Very interesting. I can definitely appreciate how, you know, the, the, the idea that we started with three, you know, NPK, and then, you know, y- y- you add an additional two and that, that increases your hype almost 50%. So, you know, 
add, just add just to add Kelmeg. That that make that that kind of makes sense. Um, now, when it when it comes to like the the development of the plant, what is calcium specifically doing to the plant? Do, do, do we know what its benefit is? The cell directly? structure, main thing. Cell structure, cell structure. and then magnesium. Just, I mean. Okay, magnesium is the, what I like to attach to is, it is the blood of the plant, okay? So, it's the chlorophyll. It is what, what makes your plant green. It's actually, the, it's the center molecule. It's the center molecule to the chlorophyll molecule. And so, it's a, a the four nitrogens are attached to it, to it, hydrogens, carbons, and some oxygen or something like that, whatever. But the, but the center molecule, all these other ones, if you think about it, all these other ones, you have hydrogen, you have carbon, you have oxygen, you have nitrogen, and then you have one magnesium molecule. And this is where when Chris and I were talking about, right, it's like this one molecule in the center is what all these things attach to, all these things attach to, uh, to, to go on and create amino acids, peptides, and proteins. And I think this is where it's important to also talk about this the process of cations real quick and just very lightly talk about uh the main ones which are calcium magnesium potassium uh, potassium ammonium which uh hydrogen and sodium which is again i think another thing like we're figuring it out through this industry of this learning curve uh experience where where people are like oh maybe try some sodium you know uh you know or uh, try this or try that and they're they're figuring out and they're realizing that these molecules are holding on to stuff because what what do we have to do right we this this petrochemical industry created a high salt content uh product and they now have to explain to they now have to explain to the industry how to use a bad product right and they can't they tell everyone that it's a bad product so what do they have to do they have to eliminate the thing that is causing the problem which is the humic layer because they need stuff that where salts will just drain out as soon as possible uh or be able to get get flushed out of the system what whenever there's a major problem um and i think that is kind of a, a you know, really understand being able to interpret their psyop right their bullshit and be like you know, I, I think this is, you know, yeah, but we get so used to it. Over 50 years of conditioning and petrochemical industry and, and, uh, the, uh, and the government giving incentives to farmers to, to use these things over 50 to 70 years. I mean, how can you be wrong that even when, when you lose your whole crop, you still get paid, right? There, there's a, when you, entrepreneurship, and this is what we're discussing is a free market system really is a comprehending that, that if we are in a free market system, not attached by the government, we, uh, when people fail, other entrepreneurs go in there and figure out why they failed and don't do it again. But when the farmers keep getting paid for their ignorance or their, uh, or their, their, their lack of knowledge or whatever, you know, why change? They just keep growing their acreage, keep, keep perpetuating the problem sorry yeah. to no you're no, good good though Chris, i think that's, gonna say something. Well, i was just gonna say that's where i think the the bro science comes in is it's just like this is how it's been done this is what it is and it is totally conditioning and that's in a lot of areas of life is people they go with what they are told they don't want to dig any deeper because they see results that work and it's like is it those things that made the results or is it uh, an accumulation of things There's so many variables but for some reason it's always the cow mag. And I think you, you broke it down very well, man. So I appreciate that. 
I think one thing that a lot of people don't uh, aren't aware of, <clears throat> you know, down on the soil, there are elements that are antagonistic towards other elements, right? Mm-hmm. Um, meaning Absolutely. it's going to prevent uptake. Um, so talking about calcium in particular, I actually have a little cheat sheet here. Um, so this is uh, Regenerative Soil by Matt Powers. Excellent mm-hmm. book here. Towards the very end, it has key nutrient relationships. And uh, it talks about calcium versus uh, potassium. So uh, excess potassium blocks the absorption of calcium. So if you think about it, towards the end of flowering, right, we're told pump up potassium, right? Pump up potassium in there. Is that inhibiting calcium uptake? So these are things that people have to keep in mind. And there's a whole list of things uh, in here. Um, you know, there's there's high levels of sodium can reduce calcium absorption as well as potassium. So there are different relationships. And that's why it's so important to have a good balance and follow the, uh, you know, the if you're using synthetic nutrients, for example, following the uh, feeding chart. Uh, just going with a you know lower dosage if need be, but um, I know some people they'll, they'll just go rampant and they'll say, oh, I've got this bottle of Calmag and I have this bottle of uh, um, Fox Farm and then I have this bottom of it, bottle of Advanced Nutrients. They're trying to mix their own formula together and then they're running into problems. So understanding that there are antagonistic relationships between these elements uh, and one can inhibit, uh, you know, block others. Um, you know, the uptake of others is something totally to keep in mind. I mean, you don't want to get to a point where you're flower stage, you know, weeks four, five, six, and all of a sudden you're flushing, you know what I mean? Prime time bud development, um, you know, so uh, just being aware of that stuff. I don't know how deep we want to get into that, but uh, just figured that was definitely worth mentioning here in this conversation. You yeah. said something there. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I apologize, brother. I was going to say, yeah, I, I think we should dive a little deeper I think let's get deeper into the nitty gritty of a lot of this stuff because there's so many questions that we've had that we give a lot of bro science answers to. So let's get some grow science. <laughs> the, you said something that was really interesting and just changing one word to what you said, a pump up uh, versus reduce, right? They, and they said something there, right? They said, if you, uh, and repeat what you said right there, you said increasing the potassium will is an antagonist for uh, the calcium, correct? Uh, it's excess K blocks absorption and movement of CA. Okay, so also taking into consideration law of minimum, law of tolerance, reducing the calcium could also help the uptake of, p- of potassium as well, correct? And so by just kind of adjusting your philosophy, so you're not dealing with these excess minerals or the excess salts as you go into your next grow because you also want to reuse your soil and start to save money, right? And so there's a, just a different thought process. And this is, and so they're like, oh, but they have to dump in the extra P and K, uh, P and K. Why? Is because the root system is fucked because these salts have fried the shit out of them. They need to pump them because the root system is these tiny little fucking balls of roots. And, and the, the root system's not diving through, picking up the minerals. Uh, and they call that the rhizo, um, Rhizocycle or some shit. Rhizosphere. Rhizosphere cycle. Exactly. Thank you. I was going to say that, but it sounded like a robot. It's it's another. (laughs) Let me look at it. It's another name. It's a rhizo. Give me two seconds. Uh, Rhizophase. Rhizophase cycle. Um, knew it. And it's just something I'm fascinated with right now. And it feels like I like for me. I stepped away from this industry in two, 
2016 and, and went into the hemp side, right? I was like, fuck this bullshit. I need to figure out how to run toward regulation. All these, you know, all these shitty people are in this industry. And, you know, to, to kind of take my education to a certain point, but then with my autism, I just flip it and I go into another direction. And, and then now coming back, there's like all this fucking knowledge that's out there that wasn't there five years ago. And I'm just like, holy fuck. And the rise and the uh, rise stage cycle is something I'm just incredibly fascinated with right now. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying is like now that the legalities are changing in different places, you're seeing universities doing deep studies and scientists mm -hmm. who don't have the worry of being prosecuted for just studying cannabis. And they're actually being able to study homegrown quality cannabis, not some bullshit that some brown stuff in a lab that they don't even know what they're doing. Like, I think the difference in how the process is now and learning the real plant, the cause and effect is going to change the way people do things in the future. It's going to change the way bottled nutrients are taken care of and also how us content creators explain things. Because I really feel like a lot of it is just, well, I've tried it and it works. There's like, but why? Why is the mm -hmm. big thing? And you look at like a, an organic versus a bottled side of things. Um, what would be for the organic side, some like mineral-based things, or not mineral-based things, but some minerals they can use for uh, calcium, natural ones? Calcium carbonate um, just is a basic one. You kind of also got to think about what what you're you're looking to do because there is gypsum too, which is calcium sulfate, right? And so what what what's the difference? Well, is there's a small impurity, and this small impurity basically is food for the microbes. With the microbes release CO two. Well, what's the CO two going to do? It could possibly increase the pH of your soil. Uh, so taking small things into these considerations will, I think, are are important. Um, and at the end of the day, um, really, it's just, I, I want to go back to what really actually matters, I think, to these growers is getting production off, right? And, and, and not, not just using, um, I think that's. I think it's important to kind of go back to that. Is just really understanding. Yeah, I think is going back to the production side of stuff. It's just and okay, kind of. See, I, I'm a see. I go down the living soil direction, but it's not. You know, your viewers are using a lot of synthetic bottled nutrients, right? So it's like it's hard for me to say, hey, use this when a lot of you your growers are using this other stuff. And so I'd I say think it's, it's pretty. Cool. I'd say it's yeah, pretty. Like yeah, I, I, actually, in fairness, nutrients might even be the the lesser, or by nutrients, uh, synthetic might even be the, the less. It's really hard to say. Like, I know in my personal community, I'm actually, uh, there's far more organic growers in my community than there are synthetic growers, which is... Yeah, like, I know there's a lot of organic growers that use eggshells for calcium, for example, um, you know, they'll, they'll do that process to turn eggshells, whether they put it into their compost pile and then do it, or there's a process I haven't done. So I'm not really too familiar with it, but that's just one example of, of a calcium source. What about your fingernails? No hmm. joke. No joke. Is that, is fingernails? that not a calcium? Well, yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. Not? Okay. You know, remember that cartoon where the person used to uh, save all his fingernails on Nickelodeon? Back in the day, you remember that one? No, no. no. And then the 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 tokens of what how you trade your your around and make money is through your through your fingernails. <laughs> what? Anyways, no, it, was, it, was, it was a crazy one. Anyways, so okay, chat, chat, so chattel no, chattel no. All right, 
So I'll talk about the application process then. Let's talk about that application. It might, it might make a little more sense, right? Okay, so why put in calcium carbonate? It's because let's say you have some type of uh, pH issue where you kind of need to bring the pH up a little bit and you don't, and you want to li use living soil and not destroy your microbiology. Well, you want to have soft swings. You don't want to have hard swings. Like this is where I re in, in the next week or so, I'm going to release a, a 30 minute video about pH up and down uh, with uh, one, one of my chemists. And he's like amazing, right? And it's the reasons why you don't want to, you know, I um, like li like lye, right? For example, or but there's these lye is you can also use it if you use a pH up. You you can find it on the bottle, but that's going to destroy microbiology. You put a drop in, it's going to swing your pH dramatically up. Uh, same thing with the what is it? Potassium, I, not potassium hydroxide. I'm thinking, is it potassium hydroxide? What the I think other it is one? Potassium that hydroxide pH up. The, P, yeah, so, well, potassium hydroxide is lie. And then I'm thinking about uh, the one that drops the pH down, the stronger one. Uh, it's uh, Phosphoric acid. Thank you, phosphoric acid. So and but so that's the one that goes swings uh, far down quick, and then the other one swings up. So these two are going to destroy your microbiology. So what I'm what I recommend is to use calcium carbonate, and then if you need to increase your pH, and then if you need to when you go into flowering, use potassium carbonate. Uh, again, you're using a different philosophy around. Um, how calcium is being used when you need to use less of it, and then you're shifting it uh, for a pH up and down. So I'm using calcium carbonate and potassium carbonate as as things to s regulate or be a pH buffer if I need to increase it. And and through that process, I'm taking advantage of excess uh, additional calcium, and I'm and I'm shifting things as the as the plant shifts. If that makes sense. So I, I'm always taking into consideration my microbiology because a lot of people don't know what they're purchasing. They purchase it and it destroys a month or two of work, you know, um, if that makes sense. So I'm always just trying to be thoughtful around the application of these fertilizers in the bottle. And I'm willing to just look in the back and read it and say, hey, okay, you might want to, is this what you wanted? You told me initially in the beginning that you want to use living soil. But if you use this, we're going to swing you over into the synthetic side. And do you want to do that? Because we're going to piss away a lot of money. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you're sure. thinking about applications too, it's like a lot of people don't even think about what they're doing. They're just following a chart. Even when they're mixing in an organic mix, they're either buying like a pre-blend or they're following mm -hmm. a recipe. And they, the why, like I said, is usually missing. So I think application really gets you more in the, the realm of the why. You already broke down the why earlier. Now the how is is more subjective depending on how you grow i think is really where it comes down to and what source you want to use because like you mentioned there's multiple different things you can use there's different products you can buy i know there's um humboldt secret used to have i think iron in there calcium it was like a calcium iron mix instead of magnesium then they had a magnesium you'll see a separate. calcium sulfur mix too yeah often. it seems to really vary you know so that's where uh from from product to product it's like if you do use the bottled line you broke it down very well earlier it's almost like a key, and I say this often, is if you don't really know the, the chemistry behind it, you're better off to just follow their recipe because it usually has everything broken down properly. You're adding this bottle, this bottle, this bottle. It's confusing. It, it, it's too much, you know, and that your plant's going to feel the same way. There, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I do agree with you because if you don't understand what's in the back of the bottle, is and someone starts going down this direction you're also consulting them and you're taking on some liability of their crop you know and so you're like 
you know, and they, if they are convinced in the marketing of that company, you know, and they're eager to want to do it, sometimes it's just like, hey, this is my two cents. This is your crop. You're the head grower. Let's move forward on it and let's manage. Uh, let's manage. And then I always throw out the drops balance. I'm like, you might want to consider using some trace minerals to once again increase this thresh this threshold a little bit more and and just open up the the error the the range for error. You know, and that's what I keep doing. If you threw in cow mag, think about it if you throw in some iron, some sulfur, the manganese, the, all these, and you, the, you're starting to see these other nutrient lines using these other trace minerals. But the issue behind those is that they use so, uh, like sodium or the wrong type of uh, cation exchanges, which ends up building up in your soils and ends up causing nutrient toxicities and deficiencies later, which you can't really reuse your soil. So you have to toss it or let it sit for a while. So I think those are small things to take into consideration. Great Absolutely. point. Now I'm curious when it comes to synthetic nutrients, why are calm, why are they blended? Why is it, uh, other than in most cases, there's like an A and a B and then you've got your CalMag separate. What, why is CalMag a blended formula? Well, we were talking about the kind I mean, sorry, sorry. I, the better question is why is CalMag one element? Why are they why are they together? Well, we're talking about the cation <laughs> exchange, and we're talking about also the problem with the petrochemical industry, where they're using a high salt uh, content um, fertilizer, and instead of telling you to use less of it or not use it because it's bad, they create they convince you to use cocoa, they convince you to use peat moss, they convince you to use all these other things that uh, that that filter through. But the issue with that now is you don't have a cumic layer, so you have no a uh, no area for the chemistry and the biology or chemistry when you're using it with fertilizer, you don't have any time for the chemistry, the, the chemistry, um, the, the, the time for the chemical reaction to happen. And so what you have to do is you have to have cation spots uh, like calcium mm. or magnesium to hold on to other minerals or to allow for these chemical reactions to be completed. And so just to be really clear too, I'm a four-time college dropout. I don't have any degrees. I'm not an agronomist. I'm not on your other shit. I get curious and I fucking start digging. So I might say something I'm wrong or whatever, but this is what where I have extended my knowledge and I'm constantly digging in deeper. So I do want to make it clear. Sometimes I talk so authoritative, <laughs> but I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm my wife yeah. holds me accountable for that too, because I'll start to tell her that the sky's green and then she'll believe me just by the tone of my voice. I'll be like, but babe, come on. Come on, I'm telling you. It's green. It's green. So okay. do All signs research. point to green. Um, so so essentially it's to speed up the process. It is not it is to uh, for or, or time to assist the process? Well, for uh, it takes time for chemical reactions to happen. Mm-hmm. So there, it, it, things have to hold to to be held there for a certain amount of time for for things to happen. And water too. Water has to be in that environment for the, this chemical reaction to be completed. And if you have too high of, of EC or too uh, too high of EC, it could screw up the chemistry as well. So w- there there needs to be spots for other things to attach to for these chemistry uh, for this chemistry to take place. And that and then we're going back to it. Calcium, magnesium, potassium, ammonium, hydrogen, and sodium. Right. So those those air, those main things are going to be holding on to stuff. And so why is that? I think if you kind of think about it, right. So if you have stuff that dies the fall, the previous season, and we're just being very broad, they they died the previous season. Um, you have rain, and rain flushes out the trace minerals, and then you have microbiology kind of freezing over 
or or kind of hopefully staying alive if the if you have a nice a nice um, surface area c- covering with microbe creating insulation. But then when the microbes come alive, uh, all the trace minerals are are depleted out of the soil. I don't want to say all of them, but maybe potentially a lot of them from the previous uh, rainfall and the shutting down the microbiology because they're responsible for creating the trace minerals. So what needs to happen? A, a strong humic layer or a cation exchange, need a magnet a needs to take place in the soil. So as these microbes begin to produce more trace minerals, they won't just fall through the humic layer as the rainfall comes through on the on the on the the fall into the sp- spring into fall, fall into spring, whatever you know what I mean. And so, um, um, spring, you know, from spring summer into fall, fall. yeah, spring yeah. summer fall, yeah, spring yeah, summer fall. Thank you. Sometimes yep. I yeah, it's okay, and I get so. It. If you think about the weather patterns, right? You think about what's happening. You think about the trace minerals because they're so tiny, they just flush out. So there needs to be a strong, like once again, that strong mag- magnetic environment in the beginning of the season as they're working hard so that as once again, the, the environment begins to break down. This is my thought process. As the environment begins to break down, the microbes aren't working as hard, but the, there is a less environment of trace minerals available to feed the plants. Okay. So then can you tie in my next question, which is then generally speaking, when I follow a nutrient line, which I've been doing my entire career, I've just switched nutrient lines, maybe just maybe three or four times. Each line recommends that you decrease the amount of cow mag that you're adding to the plant at about week six of flower. Now I'm currently using a bottled nutrient by Dutch pro that recommends it it just doesn't taper off the CalMag at all. Now you kind of hypothesize that you think because of the degradation, you know, uh, as the soil uh, flushes itself or naturally the water comes over it, uh, it, you want those minerals to be able to let go of each other. Is, is that the case with the magnesium CalMag at week six? Are you, are you tapering off the CalMag so you can assist with the flush? Is that what it is, no. or or could you explain? You're, well, yeah, yes, actually, that's actually a really great way to explain that. Actually, is the trace minerals n- trace minerals need to be released back into the environment, and why why do they need to be held on to so tightly? Right, uh, I think that was a really great way to explain it. Hmm. Nice, I'll take Good. it. Yeah. Cool. yeah, got another question for you, and I'm just firing from the hip here. No, please, um, you Let's know, dive in deep. That- yeah, uh, very, very common question. And we've actually had, we've asked this off for a guest before and haven't really gotten a very clear answer. So you might not have an answer for us, but um, generally speaking, you know, a lot of folks, they went from HID to LED. And once they switch over to LED, they're starting to see deficiencies, CalMag deficiency or calcium deficiency, magnesium deficiency. So um, what is it with LEDs that causes you know, this deficiency? Is it just that the the um, nutrient lines aren't sufficient enough for it? Do their formulas need to be changed? Um, does the dosage need to be updated or, or what's going on with that? I think we got into it a couple of days ago, right? The efficiency of the light is increasing. And so the productivity of the plant is going to be, um, is going to be um, pressed more. Right. So the what we used to be able to do for these plants 10 years ago is no longer um, up to par, you know, because because the light and its efficiency through the uh, through how the light is being um, uh, how the light is being projected and the how the plants are receiving it. Um, 
I think genuinely is requiring more demand on the plants through minerals production. Got it. So minerals. the density of photons that's coming down, hitting on the plant, you know, causing, um, you know, faster photosynthesis, transpiration, all that stuff, uh, just heavier workload is what you're saying. And also we're getting more in tune to what's happening, you know, environmental conditions. People, I remember back in the day, people are like, yeah, ride your, ride your rooms to a hundred degrees, you know, just pump the CO2. I was like, all right, you know, see you, see you next girl. When I, when your <laughs> shit's crap, you know, maybe you want to, yeah, we'll make some money later. Um, so yeah, I think we're, we're getting better. Right. And this is where, again, um, the vision of perfect gardens is hemp farmers solving the world's ag problems. And this is because there are very, I mean, if you got to think about it, who is farming right now, we have the, the grandmas, grandpas, you know, backyard, you have the city, uh, city dwellers that are doing that process, but they're limited by space. And also um, there's some of them are doing really good actually. So I don't, I, I actually really am looking forward to diving into their business plans later in the channel this year. Um, but then the people that are really having cash flow are the are the cannabis farmers, right? They're the people that if you make one tiny improvement, they're going to get paid an extra five dollars on the wholesale side. Holy fuck! You know, it's <laughs> like you grow through nine heads of lettuce. You you grow it better, you might get twenty cents. You know, in the same space that you have to grow this plant. So until, while the the level of of return. Through, through real estate of density, like real estate density of growing the plants. And uh, while, we while this industry continues to increase relatively till 2025, and that's where I've been predicting the collapse of this industry relatively over, over a decade now, is that when we hit this area, it's going to collapse like tulip mania. And, and now you're going to have all these cannabis farmers with land, with knowledge, with all these things. And I'm hoping to God we reach these people so that they take these new techniques and they shift their mindset and go back into food. Uh, because there's a lot of stuff, distribution issues happening in food and inventory um, uh, commodities right now worldwide, this whole, you know, you know, pandemic things happening. So I just think guys, like it's important people start to grow some food, but it really also at the same time too. And then the last people that are farming are the commercial farmers or the industrial farmers. And this is where, again, our family four decades, um, uh, Andrew and Smith company, they're the, la the, the last person that had knowledge of farming um, died four years ago. And so this company that is relatively managing 20,000, 30,000 acres, God knows fucking how much acreage. The last person that had any competence to growing died four years ago. And so now you have a bunch of board of directors hiring a bunch of, a bunch of college grads that have never grown a plan their entire life to direct them how to manage 10 to 20 to 30,000 acres in Monterey County, roughly, roughly um, um, growing 6% of the world's ag. Okay. So <laughs> we that's have some. That's, that's how the Canadian legal market started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see a lot of that in, in america as well man it's crazy it's how that fact. happens it, i think it fact. literally is qualifications when you come out with a degree of some kind all of a sudden immediately these investors are like oh boom oh wow he knows it all learned it from mm -hmm. a book okay. wow yeah. man that tests man that was i if, if unless there's something pressing that we have like a to cover the conversation uh mark that was an incredible dive Ooh, into wow, calmeg man yeah i'm honestly you opened my mind up a lot there was a lot of stuff you said there that went whoosh, right over my head but there was a lot of stuff that you said that really sunk in man and i mean it i mean it and that's and and i, the, I 
the technical side of things you got you touched it at the very beginning of the episode it's funny now i got a bong in my hand you touched it at the very beginning of the episode where it's like there needs to be individuals that are going to that are going to pioneer the information they're going to research it there's going to be these scientists that are going to push and and give a shout out to who what, what was her name again Elaine Ingram, you know, Elaine so they've Ingram, been in the food, the food side. All this information I talk about has been around for a hundred years. Right, it is just right. the the education density, our, our ability to to penetrate into these growers because they don't have any time. Right, they're they're in the hills. They've been in the mountains growing these plants. No no connection to technology. Man, you you know, showers, all kinds of other shit. You know, so it's like, and they don't have to, and they don't have time to read a book. You know, I mean, they'll have time to. And so this this information, though, when you as it penetrates this market, once again, these guys are the only people farming. They're only right. the only people actually pushing their their practices, their their visual techniques to see a, a plant deficient issue. Like so many people, new growers, they come to me like, hey, my plants look great. I'm like, bro, your plants are full of spider mites. Like <laughs> they, they're not great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've been. Yes, we've all been there. We've all been there. But that's but that's that's the key is that you can take that information that comes out. Like Rob said, it's hard to chew. It's very it's robust. It's over. It's over the head, you know, and then you have someone like yourself that can digest it for you. Put it into layman's terms that that I could understand. I I, I liked the breakdown of of what CalMag is, the definition of why it became so important. And, and, and why its hype was so focused on. Uh, that's important because I'm going to use this information again and the breaking down and, and the importance of magnesium. That's when I, I had no idea. So, Mark, man, incredible. Where If, if people were going to come and find you, where would they find you? I would highly uh, – Perfect Gardens TV is basically where I hang out on YouTube. And we normally have uh, live calls uh, or releases every Sunday. And – I actually also, I'm wondering if you guys ever, and it's actually a, a, free, a free float. So occasionally I might throw it out, threw it out to Chris earlier this week and he jumped on for a little bit. Maybe I could do the same. Um, and Saturdays or Sundays, we do one live, we do one pre record and then release it back to live. Please. But I would, I'd probably say right there Perfect Gardens TV or PerfectGardens.com. Please, oh, yeah. of course, it'd be the least we could do. It, it was a pleasure to have you on. Uh, you're a very smart guy. You're an asset to this community, and I thank Chris for uh, for making this happen amongst us all. Uh, that was that was really good. That was really good. Yeah, was thanks, anything? Mark, for coming on. We um, <clears throat> so for those that don't know, Mark and I did sit down and did a hour long podcast episode, hour and fifteen minutes, I think it was, uh, on different nutrients and how they impact a plant. Uh, and we also talk about the deficiencies as well as the toxicity side of things on those nutrients. Um, so check that podcast episode out. Uh, I think it's got like it's coming up to 70,000 views right now. It's a fan favorite. Every single day I'm getting people are commenting saying part two, part two, part two. So we got to sit down, Mark, soon, uh, sooner than later and record a part two because uh, there's just so much information that he dropped in that episode. So. Highly recommend that one if you guys haven't checked it out. Mark, thanks so much, seriously, for coming on. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Absolute yeah, pleasure, you guys. Man. Big fan. On, uh, Twitch. Are you, are you going to be kicking it, smoking with us for a minute or no? Yeah, I'd love to, actually. I'd love cool. to hang out get to know cool. you. No if you, if um, you guys didn't know, we do record these live episodes live on Twitch, and we're going to be ending this episode here on YouTube. But right after this, we're going to be chilling, having a conversation with Mark and the boys, just relaxing because – that's what we do here on twitch.tv slash from the stash podcast. What an epi. Want to take us out of here, Rob? Absolutely. Well, for uh, from the stash package, it's your boy Rob from CLTV, Mr. Grow at Pigeons 420, and also Mark Perfect Gardens. 
appreciate you, YouTube and Spotify and audio everywhere. See you next time.